Hey, what's up, everybody? Hello there, and welcome to the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson, and I have a special guest today, and I'm looking forward to that. Psalm 119, verse 34, best describes this podcast. The psalmist wrote in the long ago, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we can keep God's law. And we can observe it with our whole hearts. And that special guest I have today with me is my friend and brother in Christ, Barry O'Dell from Mammoth Spring, Arkansas. How you doing, Barry? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me and being with me on this. And I've been yeah. wanting to do this for a long time. And yeah, we've talked about it several times, actually. We have. We have. And I have a lot of ideas, but I'm going to try. We're going to we've narrowed it down to one in this episode that we want to talk about. And, you know, it seems that a lot of times our conversations uh, between me and you, but also just as uh, teachers of God's word, we we contemplate, we study and we teach uh, the difference between what the text of God's word requires of us and what is tradition, what we are allowed to do, you know, and and I think this is important Um not because we want to see how close we can get to the edge without sinning, but because we just want to know what is right, what is wrong, you know, what does God allow us to do? And I think our show today, that I, the episode I want to cover with you today is is kind of twofold, you know, and Barry does know the subject ahead of time. I told him he knows as of today, the day of the recording. I didn't tell him yesterday, so he has a moment's notice about it. But we're, I want to discuss with you, you know, the subject of Sunday night services and the way we do them and do it. And then if and when we have time, discuss taking the Lord's Supper on Sunday night. And I think this is because we, well, it's, it's a needed conversation. There are some important things at play here. And so, you know, we'll start out with Sunday night services and I lay a little bit of groundwork. Uh, obviously, Sunday night services uh, are something that is it, Sunday night services is not commanded in the New Testament. Um, we have a command not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together that has a specific context. And what day would that be, Barry? What Give me some of your insight as to Hebrews 10, 25 and things that maybe you think might be overlooked with that passage and how it's misused. Well, I think the way Hebrews 10, 25 has been traditionally used, the way I've heard it for years and years, and I would say I have in the past myself done that, of if you're not here on Sunday night or you're not here on Wednesday night, let's even say, that you are guilty of forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, first of all, what we know from other... from a variety of other passages in the New Testament that the Lord's church in the first century met upon every first of the week. And that's the that's the precise phraseology there in Acts 20 and verse 7. The disciples were brought together upon the first of the week, and it was every week. Yeah. And, and I mean, you could even leave Scripture and look at second, third, fourth century church historians, and you see both pro-Christianity and anti-Christianity acknowledged the first day of the week assembly. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not in the realm of our discussion, yeah, per se. Yeah. Um, but the Hebrews 10 25 is I, I think I'm one of the things I'm big on every time I preach, teach Bible class is define your terms clearly. Mm -hmm. I think one of the terms that needs to be defined clearly is that word forsake. Um I was actually in a different passage. I'm gonna turn over there to Hebrews chapter 10. Um and then the the definition of that word forsake is to is just that to forsake the assembling. It's not forsake the assembly, as some have mistakenly put it, um, like the Sunday night assembly, the Wednesday night assembly. It's Christians, I, I believe that the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians in the city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, they're Hebrews. Yeah. And they were in danger of going back under Judaism. That's the context of the book. I mean, everything really from chapter 3, because the first two chapters are Jesus superior to the angels, but chapter 3 and 4 on deals specifically with different aspects of Judaism and how Jesus is superior to it all. 
And Christians were forsaking the assembling. They were forsaking the, the Greek word is episunagoge, the what we would refer to as the weekly gathering, first day of the week gathering of the church to go back under Judaism. Yes. And that's what the author was addressing there. Yes. And he says, if you sin willfully, I mean, that continues into verse 26, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. There's nowhere else you can go for justification. Yep. And again, within the context of the law of Moses, that's reiterated throughout the New Testament. Yeah. Um, by the law shall no flesh be justified, Galatians 2.16, for instance. Yeah. Uh, Romans 3 says the same thing. 3.11, maybe. But anyway, I think we have, I think, and this is just me, this is my personal opinion, and I could be way off base here. I think preachers have done a disservice in the way they have used Hebrews 10.25. Yeah. And applying it to things that the context is not addressing. Yeah. Is that what you would say? Yeah, because I mean it's just a historical historically verifiable that the two Sunday worship service model is only a couple hundred years old. Uh-huh. It did not yeah. originate in the pages of the New Testament with apostolic authority. Right. That doesn't make it wrong. Right. But at the same time, that doesn't make it right. You know, we the Bible speaks of two types of tradition. You know, Matthew 15 and Mark 7, traditions of men that that take place of the commandments of God. But then you have in 2 Thessalonians 2.15, where Paul tells the uh, Thessalonians, you keep the traditions which you heard, whether by what I said to you or by what I wrote to you. Yeah. So we have to clearly define what what are we talking about in terms of tradition. Yeah. And when we're talking about specifically the Sunday night worship model, that is a man-made tradition. Yeah. That is not inherently sinful, mind right. you. It doesn't make it wrong. Right. It's just it, that is what it is. So God has not legislated regarding a Sunday night, a second, I should say, service that we usually have as Sunday p.m. service. Yes. Yeah. God has and, not and, legislated on that matter. Yeah. And you've probably heard this discussion. Well, that was set up for farmers and for shift workers. Yeah. Well, they didn't deal with that. Um, I mean, I know they had farmers, but they didn't deal with those time issues in the first century, shift work yeah. and things like this. Yes. Something I've wondered about the first century, since you mentioned that, is, uh, you know, prior to the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, was not the Jewish world of Judea, Jerusalem and Judea, did it not revolve around the Sabbath, the last day of the week? And then here's, I mean, obviously Pentecost was on the first day of the week after so many Sabbaths. I get that. But the weekly deal was on the Sabbath on the last day. Yes. So they would have been more, uh, not emphasis, but they would have been more accustomed to their schedule surrounding that particular yeah. day on a weekly basis. And so when the church was established and, or I should let me back up, Christ raises is risen from the dead on the first day of the week. And then he starts appearing to the apostles on the first day of the week more than once it's recorded in the book of John. And then like with Acts chapter two, we know that's from Leviticus. That's the first day of the week. Acts mm-hmm. chapter 20, verse 7, the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. So there's this significance with Christ, his resurrection, the birth of the church, all that yeah. on Sunday. So you got these Christians early on, especially like the Jewish Christians, physical yeah. Jews oh, definitely. who are Christians. Yeah. Like their whole society doesn't revolve around Sunday. So I'm thinking, right. I'm thinking, you know, that would make sense that they would worship like Sunday night perhaps because like during the morning hours they're working because prior to this church being established, they're not worshiping regularly on Sundays. There was a shift. There was a change. Well, going back to the old Testament, you you go to Exodus chapter 20 verses eight through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. But the seventh is a Sabbath of the Lord. That's a day appointed specifically for the Jewish nation. And that's, that's key too. Uh, over in Deuteronomy 5, the reiteration of the law. God didn't give it to our fathers. He's given it to us, to those of us who are alive here today. It was a Jewish law specifically. And that seventh day, Sabbath day, was came every week, and that was the day of rest. Yeah, so I'm thinking that early on, Sunday would have still been a, a work day. Yeah, absolutely. In the lives of the people in Judea. You know. Now there was, you know, you and you mentioned, and correctly so, Pentecost. You, you know, you go to uh, Leviticus twenty-three. It's specifically verses fifteen and sixteen, mm-hmm. where it says, um, 
you you shall count seven Sabbaths, yes. you know, in, in one day, basically 50 days after this certain Sabbath, you, you know, celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. And well, every Pentecost feast was on the first day of the week, every right. time. And right. that's when the church was established. Exactly. So their culture, if you will, their societal practices would have been, you know, revolved more so around the last day of the week, the Sabbath. Mm. And it would make sense then that they would have probably only had one worship assembly. We don't have record of them having more than one worship assembly on the right. first day of the week, I think is right. what I, well, I've we don't tried have to that establish. Scripturally, nor do we have it, like I said, in the History. second, third, fourth century. Right. Post. Exactly. Apostolic Christianity, you know. Okay, that being said, it you've probably heard this kind of thing before. I, some brethren treat Sunday night as if it is law and God has legislated mm -hmm. that Sunday night there be a second assembly of the church and it goes into all kind of details after that, you know, well, why would you not want to have Sunday night services? And, yeah, and yeah. do you, you love, do you love the Lord less because you want to give him less time? Right. And, and I could, we could take each of these one at a time, but like, what would you say to, to that thought first? Well, that Sunday me, night is not a law. What? Yeah. Well, it's not a law. No. I mean, the only biblical record we have is that they came together upon the first of the week. Right. And it was, I mean, everything we have, scripture and post first century history, is there was one meeting per first day of the week. Okay. And again, that doesn't make a second meeting wrong. Right. But the question is, and and this is something personally that I have struggled with as a preacher. We we often gauge a member's faithfulness by well, they're here every time the doors open. Yeah, I've heard that a lot growing up around the church. They say, are they faithful members? Absolutely. They're here all the time. All, yeah. That's so, the number one gauge, it seems. Yes, absolutely. Like you don't, and, you don't hear very often. Oh, absolutely. They love Jesus. They forsaken yeah, all yeah. for the Lord. It's yeah. more, uh, oh yeah, they're here every time the doors open. Well, and to me, kind of what you were saying before this little bit, it's become, and maybe I'm wrong here, but has it become kind of a virtue signal? Well, I'm here every time the doors are open. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Is a person who, let's say they come Sunday morning Bible class, which by the way, um, can you find a model for a pre-worship service Bible class in scripture? Well, no, no. Does it make it wrong? No. We're just saying there are things that have been, how would you say it? Added to what we do that don't violate scripture. They're right. expedients. Yes. Um, it's a time to get together. We're already together. Let's extend it for another hour. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I think the problem comes in where we turn things like that into law. Okay, so let's say you have a person who they're there every Sunday morning for Bible class, every Sunday morning for worship, and they're there every Wednesday night, but they don't come on Sunday night. Is that person, is their soul in danger for that? Are, are they in danger of... God's judgment because they didn't attend the Sunday night service. Good question. And I, well, some yeah. would say, yes, they're going to hell because they're forsaking the assembly, which to me, we've already, yeah. you, we've already discarded that because that's not what that passage is talking about. Right. But that's how it's been used to yes. perpetuate this idea. The, the gauge of faithfulness is, are you there every time the doors are open? Well, another thing we'll discuss that I think is used often and contemplated and argued if you ask that same question and someone who thought you had to be at Sunday night and Wednesday night, or it was a sin, they might say, well, why aren't you coming? Why aren't you there? Well, bottom line, if you're there, you're in keeping with it. If you're not, then you're not, if you're not there, it doesn't matter for what reason, mm -hmm. but we could break that down into, you know, are you able to come? And I, I get that, you know, the parable of the talents and other things in the Bible teaches that with opportunity, you know, and ability, we have responsibility. But again, Sunday night, what if they come Sunday morning Bible class, Sunday morning worship, and Wednesday night Bible class, but don't come Sunday night? Let's just say somebody asks, okay, Barry, well, what's their attitude? Are they just skipping because they don't want to be there? You know, and that kind of thing. What would be your thought on that? Well, I, that would be each individual would have his or her own answer. 
Yes, they I would. think a person could rightfully say, I was there. I worshiped on the first day of the week. Yeah. I was there Sunday morning. Yeah. Could I then turn and say, yeah, but you should have been there Sunday night. You know, and, and typically the way this discussion goes is you're setting a bad example for other Christians. Or or if you truly love the Lord, you'll be there. Yeah. That kind well, of that's thing. what I mean by a virtue signal. If you really yep. love Jesus, you'll be here with me because I love him more than you do because I'm there and you're not. Exactly. And I think that's the wrong. I do too. That's the wrong so, thing to I keep, okay, let me bounce this off of you. What about this right here? The okay. idea, I hear brethren, well-meaning brethren, think, they say this, so they're, so they're thinking it, that a congregation is slipping from where it once was because they don't have Sunday night service anymore. They're getting quote-unquote liberal. And, 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 and it may be that that congregation, <laughs> it may be that that congregation now does other activities together on Sunday night, you know, instead of having a second worship service, we are yep. just so used to having two that yes. we have built it into a law that if you change something on Sunday night, you're immediately a heretic. You are immediately liberal. You are immediately someone who doesn't truly love the Lord, which leads me to this. And this is what I'm going to let you comment on Okay, the argument. Well, if you truly love the Lord, we don't need to spend less time together. And I agree with the concept, generally speaking, we don't need to spend less time together as the Lord's people. We need to have we, more time together, if, we, if anything. We, we do. I get that. Yes. But if we say that two is the model to standard of faithfulness, what about three? Yeah. What about four? What, yeah. what, what if somebody argued? What if the person who thinks you have to be there both times or you're sinning unequivocally, no matter what, you're sinning unless you're sick, Okay, what if I come along and say, well, brothers, you know, really, I'd love to be with you guys all day. Let's see if we could convince the elders if we could just have, you know, like a service and then like a meal and then fellowship Bible study activities all day from yeah. 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. I, 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 a betting man would say most members would not do that. No, that's just ridiculous, Aaron. That would be, that's extreme. We <laughs> wouldn't do that. We wouldn't yeah. do that. I got to get my nap in the afternoon. You yeah. know, if I don't get my holy nap, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. so I'm just saying though, if we're going to go to the, to the extent that you've got to do that Sunday night or you're less holy, you love Jesus less. Mm -hmm. Can the argument not be made? Well, then why don't we have three worship services sure. to show the Lord? We love him. Even we're willing to sacrifice not just four hours on Sunday or three hours on Sunday. We're willing to sacrifice four. We're willing, and, and on and on the argument can go. Yeah. You know, I'm willing yeah. to sacrifice 10 hours for the Lord on Sunday. Mm -hmm. We can sing for five and study for five. And anybody who doesn't, you don't love Jesus as much as yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, See where that, that goes. I mean, that's kind of become the standard. That's, that's kind of become the measure of, of faithfulness again is physical proximity to a church building for a certain amount of time each week. Yep. And I just don't, and this is not a discussion or an argument against exactly. Sunday night. Yes, exactly. It, that's not it at all. This is asking questions about, let's say, um, maybe like, what is the actual test? If that's probably not even the right word. Um, standard of, of, of faithfulness. What does it mean to be a faithful child of God? Because yeah. you can attend, let's say your congregation is typical as churches of Christ do four hours a week, Sunday morning, twice, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Well, four hours a week, they're faithful. What about the other 164 hours that are in that week? Right. Are you faithful because you're at the church building four hours out of 168? Exactly. Or is that inclusive in what you do Tuesday evening? Amen. As a Christian Amen. at home or in your workplace or whatever the case may be. So this is not a discussion of should we eliminate the Sunday night service? Right. It's, is there a law? Have we perhaps created a tradition that has risen to a standard where we think it's faithfulness? Yeah. If you, It's yes. unfaithfulness if you're not there one time or if you're right. not there regularly. Right. And, and even the measure of Kind of like you were saying, time-wise, well, if you're not here that time, you don't love Jesus as much as I do. 
Yeah, well, guess what I did Monday night? I studied with a person for two hours yeah. about the Bible. What did you do? Yeah. yeah, I know. I watched the news. Well, then I love Jesus more than you do. I mean, we right. could you can right. trade those jabs back and forth all day long. That's not yep. the issue. Exactly. Those are kind of cheap outs from the actual discussion that needs to be had. The question is, have we made a standard that God has not? And we're holding people to that. Let's open that door up for a moment. What about local churches? I'm sure that you and I would agree that, you know, locally, Hebrews 13, 17, and other passages, locally, the eldership, they've been delegated authority by God to mm -hmm. teach God's word, to uphold God's word, and to make certain decisions in leading and guiding that local congregation. And they don't have authority over another we congregation, you know, shepherd the flock among you, first mm -hmm. Peter five, one and two. So like your elders at Mammoth Spring do not have eldership authority over the congregation at Washington Avenue and vice yep. versa. Right. We we understand that through a study of the instructions to each local church and each local eldership. Yes. So but what are some of your thoughts as far as yay, nay, et cetera, about elderships requiring members to come on Sunday night and Wednesday night as a test of fellowship for that congregation. Like if they don't come, you're disobeying the elders if you don't come on yeah. Sunday night. Because there's a concern here with this because elders, you know, they have authority and they're from God and, you know, each congregation is different. I want to stress that. Absolutely. So like, could my elders, do they have God's authority to say for this flock at Washington Avenue that meets here, we expect the flock to be here Sunday night and Wednesday night. And unless you're sick or you're out of town, uh, we're holding you accountable to, to walk in step. Mm -hmm. if, if you're not here, we're, we consider you out of step unless you're sick or you're out of town. You know, that's generally the two that are accepted uh, reasons yeah. for not being at services. So two thoughts, thoughts on that. Okay. First thought, Acts 20, 28. Um, the Holy Spirit makes elders. Yep. And he, he does that. He has done that by the revelation of God's will. You know, the qualifications that these men must meet. Okay. Like tw uh, two times in First Timothy 3, must be. Yep. He must be this. He must be this. Titus chapter 1, he must be this. These are not... This is not a list of suggestions. A man who would serve as an overseer must be these things. Right. And that word overseer, the Greek word is episkopos. And it's two words, epi, upon, and scope, to look. And eldership looks upon, like you were saying, the congregation that is among them. The local, Like um, Acts 20, 17, Paul called for the elders of Ephesus to come to Miletus. They were going to deal with things in Ephesus. Um. So first of all, nobody should disagree with that. It's uh, local church autonomy, each congregation governing itself through the the guidance of God's word with an eldership in place. Okay, that's kind of beside the point. Can they do? Do, do elders have legislative power? Okay, so you, you said something along the lines of hold them accountable for being out of step. Okay. Mm -hmm. If they are going to do that, and here's where things fall apart, I would say, mm -hmm. those who are walking disorderly, which means out of step, 2 Thessalonians 3, what does Scripture tell you to do with those people? Withdraw from them. You withdraw yourselves from them. You don't the, even eat with them. First but generally speaking, five. we don't do that. No. Can an eldership, and I guess we're we're raising a lot of questions, which is not a bad thing. Can an eldership of a local congregation create a law, bind where God has not bound, and say, you must be here twice on Sunday, or you are no longer in fellow. We are withdrawing ourselves from you because you are in violation of what? I, it, I, what would you be in violation of specifically from Scripture? They would have to say, you know, you're out of step with our instructions as right. shepherds for this flock. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't point to a verse to say this verse requires Sunday night service or Wednesday night service, even right. though sometimes people try to use, you know, Matthew six thirty three, seek first, 
That means yeah. you'll be there on Wednesday night. That that sounds good, and that may be true in attitude, you know. Yeah. But like, as far as this is what God has legislated and and yeah. required of the church. Well, and that's the thing too. I don't even want to think about attitude for the moment. We're just looking at this. Mm-hmm. Um, what pragmatically? Yeah. The the practice that you take, how yeah. how things are functioning currently. Yep. Yep. Can an eldership bind where God has not bound? That I to me, that's the question. And if if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, do you, what do you think about what I just said? Can yeah, an eldership a, bind that law that's where a tough, God has not bound that law? That's a tough one. If they can, if they can, it would only be on that flock, and it would have well, to be, and it would have to be, you know, not in violation of First Timothy or First Peter five, you mm-hmm. know, about not being, you know, slave drivers, not lording it over <laughs> not, the flock, not, not lording it over the flock. Yeah. Like they would, they would need to make those such decisions in good conscience, like yeah. with the care of the whole flock in mind on the, and, and, and I would say in principle, we believe this about like the times of services, for example, like it, probably in each congregation that has an eldership, the, the bottom line, the elders get to decide what time. They, they may receive input from the flock. Hopefully they yeah, do. Sure. But they do have to finalize and say, well, you know, we got 120 people. 20 people wanted at this time. 100 wanted at that time. We think it would be best at, you know, this time for 100 to come. We don't want, and it's not, and I know it's not majority vote. I'm not saying that. But it's just, you know, we don't want the 20 to not come. But we're going to cut off a lot of people if we have services at 10 p.m. at night instead of 9 a.m., you know, or whatever. Well, and the, what about what about during, um, what is it, daylight savings time? When it's yeah. dark at 5 o'clock yeah. and you meet at 6 o'clock and you've got, like here at Mammoth Spring, we have quite a few folks who don't drive at night. Yeah. So would they be in violation of God's will, let's say, God's will, would they be in violation of a, practice that the elders have set up at that local congregation if they say we're meeting at six o'clock and if you're not here you're in violation of our let's call it what it is law yeah yeah and we will withdraw from you yeah well then you could say well then we need to start a bus ministry okay well here's a whole nother (laughs) yeah i mean there are all kinds of things to consider yep that i think generally the the broad brush of hebrews 10 25 has been used to yes condemn everybody to hell if they're not here every time the door is open Right. I know. I think these are some things we need to talk about. I mean, if yeah. they, if elders have authority from God and they do, and we try to learn, obviously they don't have authority to change God's law or to like, let's just say there's three elders and they vote among themselves about some rule God has already legislated. No, they can't mm-hmm. do that. But can they meet together and say, guys, you know, a lot of people can't come in the evenings because nighttime we got so many members that can't, you know, don't drive at night. They can't see at night. We're going to start having the, the PM service at 3 PM instead of five or instead of yeah. six. Well, here's, I'll I, tell you what, here's I think the scenario. elders, I think the elders get the bottom line decision on that. Absolutely. I do. They do. Sure. You know, so but, here's, but would it been, be a rule that's too hard or lording? That would be something that yeah. you have to consider. Have you done any like overseas mission trips? You ever, no, I have not. Okay. So I've been overseas many times to many different, many, several different countries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most of the places I've been in South America, out in the Pacific Islands, um, Fiji, Samoa, places like this, they meet once a sun, one time on Sunday. Yeah. And that's it. Is that because they walk to the building or is that? Yeah. Uh, uh, transportation. Well, a lack of transportation, but also some of the places, man, <laughs> you better be in shape to get where you're going. You're climbing up a mountain to get where you're going. Yeah. Um, I think brethren are those, here. Are those congregations yeah. less faithful than, let's say, the Mammoth Spring Church of Christ, who meets Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? Are they less godly? No. Are they violating something in Scripture? No. Not that I know of. Would it be good for them to have more time together? Sure. That's that's the case for a church that meets four times a week. Yeah. You can never, I tell you, you can never go wrong spending more time with Christians. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing, 
That'll never be bad. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. No. Um, we're, we're talking about, I would say, the, the purview of elders' authority, which they do have. Nobody's discounting that either. Right. But have we, and I, when I say we, Aaron, you and I talking preachers, I think I think a lot of the problem falls on preachers. Yeah. Where they get in the pulpit and they say things with a very broad brush and without context, like Hebrews 10, 25, and say, if you're not back here at 6 p.m., well, here, here's what you have to say. If you can be there and you decide not to be, you are going to hell. Period. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the way you're going to use Hebrews 10, 25, you have to say that. Here, here's one thing that keeps crossing my mind. I'd like to come back and talk about attitude for a moment, too. Okay. I think that's a worthy discussion. Uh, but I, th- I keep thinking, if 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 elderships are delegated authority from God to make decisions locally, and they are, and mm-hmm. part of that instruction is not to not to lord over the flock, not to make things so hard on the flock. It, you know, we're going to start having thirty-five services a week, and if you don't come to all of them, then you know you're out of fellowship, and we're going to withdraw from yeah. you, and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, they're just they're just ridiculous. You know, but that does get somewhat subjective. Like elders just have to use their best wisdom. And again, with the right attitude to tend the flock, not to Lord the flock. You know, somebody, somebody could argue, well, having four services a week and expecting them to be there, that's just Lording the flock. You know, it's just, why can't we just do it once a week? It'd be so much easier. A lot of people can't make the others and all this kind of stuff. Well, let's just be honest. People, people do with their time pretty much what they want to do with their time. Exactly. Tis true. Most of the days of the week. Yes. Especially in the evenings, people yes. do what they want to do when they want to do it. Yes. And as I've already mentioned on this, and I say this often when I'm teaching publicly, we're not discussing people who are not able yeah. to come. We're, we're, that's See, not, I, we're not talking about that. That kind of drives me crazy. And again, as yeah. preacher to preacher, it's like, so you don't hurt anybody's feelings. You always have to throw in all yeah. these caveats. Yeah. Now listen, we're not talking about this. We're not talking yeah. about this. And I'm sorry. You have to apologize for five minutes before you uh, yeah. can even get to your point, and that drives me insane. Yes, and and it can just open more doors yeah. for less activity and less faith. Like it can, you know, if you're not able, you know, we understand. Oh well, I'm not. I able. have a headache. I'm not able. Yeah, I'm not able. You know, my tummy ached for twenty seconds before I came to services. You yeah. know, I mean, it could be any. That gets so subjective. Yeah. yeah. You know. So you, you would like to think in, in like preaching or, or teaching a Bible class, you're, you're there with a bunch of fellow Christians. You would like to think that you don't have to go through this list of exceptions, caveats, whatever word you want to use to get to the point that you're trying to make. You shouldn't exactly. have to do that. And maybe right. it's not, maybe, maybe this is for me and you, not that you shouldn't don't. Yeah. Just, just don't. don't do that. Don't yeah. get up there and apologize. Don't right. speak the truth. Sit down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, these are these are good things. I mean, like you said, again, here I am caveating it a bit, but I, it's <laughs> these things are important because we only want to require what God requires, and we want to have the proper doctrinal stance, the proper biblical understanding of what God requires. And what is a good tradition? Mm-hmm. Sunday night, in my opinion, is a good tradition Absolutely. overall. Absolutely. There are certain things about it, perhaps, that maybe we could make better. I think we are wise if we scrutinize our traditions and see if we can't make them better. Mm-hmm. But the thing we've ha- we've hit on, too, is just the idea that, that this is like a standard of faithfulness. Like, yeah. You know, and and I think that we've covered that in a good way. Yeah. So you know, to me that's about, misguided. That's misguided. It, it, if it that's is. That's your only check for faithfulness. You're completely off base. It is. Or if it weighs heavy compared to the others, like you know, yeah. loving Jesus and teaching your neighbor and serving your fellow man, and I mean, there's just so much. There's other sure. things that are important as well. I don't. I just. I wanted to. One of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was so that people could hear you know, us discuss this as we talk about, you know, these important truths. Let's talk about attitude for a minute. I think sometimes we can use incorrect arguments, yep. you know, to appeal to emotion and attitudes. But on the other hand, if we reason correctly and we don't take verses out of context, 
attitude is very important. You know, like on one hand, somebody could just say, well, seek first the kingdom of God. That means you got to be at all the services all the time. And it's just like, well, you didn't really (laughs) consider the context. In principle, I get it. You know, like if you're seeking God's kingdom first, you you would think that somebody would rather be worshiping God and being with the brethren than at a rodeo. I mean, you know, or hanging out with non-Christian friends. I mean, that... That follows, like that makes sense. You but, know. but that's true seven days a week. It it is. It is, not just it, on Sunday. I mean <laughs> Yes, it is. Seek first the kingdom. So, like, what about the other days? What are we doing with those other yeah. days? Yeah. Generally speaking, we're working and we're taking part in things that are not salvation in nature. You know, right. we're we're you know, we're we're, we're going bills, changing yeah. diapers in your case, you know. Yeah, yeah. All that which kind are, of stuff. Which is needed. Sure. But like what time are we devoting to being discipled as a Christian, you know, yeah. to get closer to God in our own personal devotions, prayer and study, and then in our outward, out, our external outreach to people that are lost mm-hmm. or even our inward reach of people that have mm-hmm. fallen away. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing on a weekly basis, a daily, you know, seek first kingdom of God while I go to all the services, you know, and that, again, I think is a lopsided view. It's, I think there's the right attitude in that. Like if I want to seek God, it makes sense. I would want to be at the assembly. I'd want to be at all this, not using Hebrews 10, 25, just Mm -hmm. the concept of attitude and God is my priority. That makes sense. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And there are ways that we can do that. I get that. You got any comments on that? Just, no, it's just, I mean, to me that goes without saying, and maybe I'm a little too um, cavalier with that, but. That goes without saying. That's yeah. it's Christianity is who you are. Yeah. Wherever you are, whenever you're there. I mean, it's just it, it I heard one preacher back several years ago. He said, Your Christianity is not a coat you put on on Sundays and then hang up for the rest of the week. Yeah. And that's exactly right. But I think we have made it into that with the uh, the the inappropriate use of Hebrews ten twenty five in the discussion of attendance. Yeah. Personally, in my opinion, and that's what Sunday night is, it's in the realm of judgment. I I would like to see Sunday night service be a Bible study. Yes. And not an official worship assembly as we think of it. Yep. Where there is more dialogue because that will allow the teacher and the shepherds of the church to better gauge where the members are. Yep. When you have that interaction and the dialogue, you know, Joe, what what is your reading of that passage? You know, and I say, Joe, we actually have a brother Joe here, but yeah. I'm not talking about him, but just, yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, brother we X, were, sister, sister, a sister B, you know, and you know, like, after in COVID a, a was, Bible discussion after COVID was so hot and heavy, we were only meeting one time a week on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And then we started a second Sunday back second Sunday night or second service on Sunday night. And I asked the elders, I said, listen, guys, we're not meeting on Wednesday nights why don't we use Sunday night for our Bible class time? And yeah. we did that for a while. Yeah. And I loved it. And the congregation loved it. We didn't, it, you're not used, pe- people are not, when they see something they're not used to, oh, that has to be wrong. So you're going liberal here. And so you used the word liberal earlier. I hate, I hate the way we throw that word around. Yeah. Like you, you've had this conversation. I guarantee it. Well, what about such and such congregation? Well, they're liberal. What do you mean? I don't know. I've just heard they're liberal. Yeah. Well, People don't what even is, know what that means. No. You know, but it, it was perceived by one or two within our congregation as we're going off the deep end here because we're having Bible class and there's back and forth instead of just the preacher um, lecturing to us for 30 minutes or 40. Yeah. And it's, People, I even had one guy accusing me of, you, know, you used to be good. You used to be sound like these other preachers, but now you're teaching more than you're preaching. And it, it's, it be, and it's not because I was teaching error or anything like that. It's because he had never seen Bible class held on Sunday night. And that was right. his only possible objection. So when it comes, when it boils down to it, Sunday night, the fact that we assemble on Sunday night is a really good tradition sure. at best or at worse. I don't know how I'd say that. It, yeah. it you know, it, 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 it is, it's good because we're worshiping God. It's good because we're studying the Bible. It's good because we're together and hopefully we're mm-hmm. talking to each other, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, and that's a whole nother facet we haven't discussed. What yeah. are we doing while we're there? Fellowship. 
you know, what are we doing while we're there? I emphasize that a lot. We, we think, well, I was there every time the doors open. Okay, but what'd you do while you were there? Yeah. You know, a lot of my brethren, they're like ships in the night, passing in the night, yeah. in and out of the building. They yeah. were sitting still, staring at the pulpit for roughly an hour. Or well, and here's something for you. But were they there spiritually? Here's something for you and for me. How many times have you preached and you watch people, because you see everything, you're in an elevated position typically, and you're looking out as you're preaching, how many members don't even bring their Bibles to worship? Yeah. And I know it's a lot of times, well, I use my phone. How many times have we both seen people sitting there during a 30-minute sermon? They don't have their phone in their hand and they don't have a Bible. Yeah, I've they, seen you know, that. Looking around yeah. and yeah. sleeping. I've seen a lot and of sleeping. I have too. And how many brethren? Well, and how many But hey, they were I, there. They were there. Right. And, they're and how many brethren have we seen like, um, you know, not just sleeping or that kind of thing, but they're not singing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I notice that sometimes we're not singing and, you know, you can always try to have an excuse. You know, there's always know. a reason there's well, I'm tired. I'm on medicines and all that, I, you know, but we're speaking. We're speaking here generally of what is usually the case. And mm. our attitude is so important. What we're actually doing while we're there. That's part of God's standard, too. Um, what would you say about attitude as far as being, quote unquote, being at all the services? What? What, how does that play into somebody's attitude toward God and seeking first God's kingdom? Well, it, being there can only help that. It, yeah. Well, it should only help that. Let me say it that way. I mean, mm-hmm. like we've already said, okay, Matthew 6, 33, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. What about, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2? You present your body as a living sacrifice. Well, part of that would be my worship to God. Mm-hmm. I use my body expressing my praise to God with songs and prayers and I'm, you know, I've got my Bible with me. We're studying together. If your attitude's not right, then, well, none of that matters. You can go through all the motions. You can check yeah. all your boxes, as we say. Yeah. But if your heart's not, and you know, I always go back to John 4, 24. You must worship God in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And the spirit there is the heart, the inner man. Yeah. That's a must. Yeah. Just as much as worshiping in truth is a must which is by the right standard. Absolutely. I think these are some really good points. Our attitude is so important because it's more that we keep going back to the fact that we've got to know what the Bible teaches about these things, what we're supposed to be doing when we come together and not just, I was there. Yeah. I was, you know, I was there. I was there. Uh, uh, Speaking of the one specific, you know, Sunday morning assembly, as we treat the Sunday morning assembly, Hebrews 10, 25, you know, the verse before it, yeah. you know, consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Yep. You know, I mean, it's like, what are we doing while we're there? Are we there? Like you said, checking the boxes. Yeah. So I had uh, a guy here tell me the other day, he said, I just want to come to this building, worship God and be left alone. Wow. And this was an issue between me and him. And we've, I've, We've talked to each other several times, but that's his attitude. So I want to come to this building. I want to worship God and be left alone. Those were his words. And he's, I'm trying to reconcile with him. He said, I don't want anything to do with you. Wow. I mean, how sinful that those are added that those are real attitudes that people have sometimes. Yeah. And if you're coming to a building, I don't care if you're there seven days a week. That's how you're coming here. Stay home because you're not doing yourself any good. Yep. One more question for you, Barry, on the Sunday night thing before we transition into the very last part uh, and shift gears a tad. One last question. Since Sunday night is a good tradition, like God has not legislated a command where we have to assemble on Sunday nights, what would be it like as far as a matter of judgment? uh, What's your opinion, uh, your judgment, your studied judgment? What if a congregation, an eldership said, you know, we want to serve our members and our community better. Basically, most of what we do is we come to service on Sunday night, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, two gospel meetings a year and a VBS and a youth day. And we're proud of that. Mm -hmm. But we want to get more direct with bringing back members who have fallen away. We want to actually 
make direct contact with sinners and express to them how we want to study the Bible with them. We're going to start a, a mail out ministry, you know, where we write letters in the fellowship hall and send it to people we know that are not members. Uh, and let's say this eldership says, because Sunday night is what it is, not because worship isn't important, but we've already worshiped God on Sunday morning, two Sunday nights a month, you know, the second and fourth, we're going to go door knocking on the second during the summer when it's daylight till eight o'clock, you know, on, on, um, the fourth, we're going to have a fellowship meal and we're, uh, you know, I, you see where I'm going with this. The third, let's say the third Sunday night, we're going to break into groups and go visit members who have fallen away, like show up at their house and beg them to come back to Jesus and tell them we love them. And what can we do to help them come back to God in the church instead of having the Sunday night services every Sunday night as most congregations do what what do you think about that what is, how is that less good less spiritual less faithful you know is that not obeying god also is that not carrying out god's will also well since you asked it this way i'll answer it this way my studied opinion is that would be much better than what we currently do yeah okay and why why would you say that not because worshiping god's not good and important but yeah. have we not in some way become a worshiping society like where the main the main thrust of everything we do is sunday morning sunday night wednesday night yeah we may or may not have a true collective detailed plan unity working together to carry out bringing back the erring helping the law you see what i'm saying yeah it's yeah. easy in my opinion it's easier to come to church services on sunday night and let one brother lead the prayers two brothers lead the prayers one brother lead the lord's supper for those that didn't come or couldn't come whatever the case may be let uh, one brother do the lesson you see how less people yeah. are doing less work with that oh, yeah. model with that so in what way do you think it would be better well, here's so here's a thing, <laughs> you know. So you've heard of things like Monday night for the master. We're always mm -hmm. trying to come up with plans to do more, which is good. To have more time together, which is good. How about instead of trying to add another day to the week where we're assembling at the building, take that Sunday night and use it in that specific way? Because again, scripturally speaking, you have one gathering together upon the first of every week. And that's when everybody worships. That's when the Lord's Supper is taken. All of those things take place. Why not just transition that second uh, service, Sunday night service, into a act of service? Yeah. Um, just card ministry, visitation, whatever you want to do. But we're going to yeah. be here. We're still going to be here at six o'clock. We're still working for the but, Lord. Yes. But we're not going to replay what we did this morning. Three songs, prayer, scripture, sermon. Yeah. And and uh, I I think we could use our time better than we use our time. I think the same, Barry. And that's not to disparage worship. Not at all. But it's not. But Sunday night, it can easily be like a replay. Much of mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Let's. I like these thoughts. Let's transition in the last ten minutes ish, ten twelve minutes. Sunday night. It seems one of the, in my opinion, good brethren would think and or say, I don't think we should change the Sunday night model so much. I don't think we should change it at all because it allows people on Sunday night to take the Lord's Supper if they couldn't. We're not saying they skipped on Sunday morning. We're not saying they don't love the Lord. They just couldn't, their work, their shift work, their farmer, they couldn't be there till that night. So we need to keep the model. The model that we have is always the best or viable, that kind of thing. Do you have a quick thought on that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Speak how quick it. it is. Uh, yeah, yes, well, I do. Go ahead. We have, I would say to an extent, a word I've used is infantilized members of the church. We've babied them so much, catered to every possible need that could ever arise. And what has happened 
in my experience, is, well, I can miss Sunday morning because, hey, they'll still offer Lord's Supper on Sunday night. We'll get it then. Yeah, And it's kind of sloughed off as, well, I would like to be there, but, you know, I've got family coming in town. We'll be there. We'll be there Sunday night because we're having a big lunch together and we'll just do the Lord's Supper Sunday night. Yeah. And you just have no scriptural precedent for that. Or we'll travel back on Sunday morning on the road. Yeah. yeah. And and just take the Lord's Supper Sunday night when we get back into town. I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that's sinful per se, but just I think that kind of thing happens. Well, I, you know, just as well as I do, that every congregation, if anybody, if everybody can be there, they're always there on Sunday morning. Always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sunday night always falls down. Wednesday night always falls down, attendance-wise. Yeah. And so that shows that we've we've kind of set a standard, if you will, for the first day of the week. The most important worship service is the one in the morning. I mean, whether we're acknowledged that verbally is beside the point. That's that's reality. Yeah, because you have t- typically in in most congregations, it, it's not the case here. I don't know about Washington Avenue. We have to me great return attendance on Sunday night here, but most of the time it's like fifty percent. Yeah. At best, I don't remember what our percent ish is, but we do have less on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, most Wednesday night. Yeah, I don't know of one that doesn't. And I've either. been preaching for over twenty five years. You know. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I think a lot has, a lot of things have allowed people to let, to let things get in the way. That if we only had one worship service, wouldn't get in the way. Yeah, like if we and only had just, one. AM service and not a Sunday night, people couldn't say, well, I'll just take the Lord's Supper tonight. Yeah. Well, and let's, so let's say there's a situation where a person gets up. Okay. So I'm a type one diabetic. Let's say I get up one Sunday morning, my insulin pump quit working through the night and my blood sugar is 500 when I get up. Yeah. I'm not going to be in any condition to go teach and preach for two hours. Right. I can't be there. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to get my sugar under control now. Right. Um, let's say I'm in a place where, we didn't have Sunday night services. Would I be in sin for doing that? No. I, I don't think so. No. Um, but those typically those types of scenarios are the exception to the rule. You know, and I, I think I think good people think though that we need to have a Sunday night services a service so that that person who was sick with diabetes could take the Lord's Supper that night. Let's talk about that for the next maybe okay. you know eight minutes. let's first ask it like this. If I can't be there on Sunday morning because my diabetes, you know, my sugar is so high that I can't, but by two o'clock I'm stable and I'm feeling much better and I'm planning to go at five or six. Do I have to take the communion that night or otherwise I have violated God's will? Hmm. I'd (laughs) say my answer would come from my conscience. Yes. I would say yes, because it is still the first day of the week. There is still an assembly that is Mm -hmm. being had. And to me, that kind of helps frame our discussion better. We're not discounting necessarily having Sunday night service. Right. And saying it's a bad thing, but it has led to some bad things. Yes. But I, you know, for me personally, yeah, I'd want to be there and I'd want to partake of the Lord's Supper because it's still the first day of the week. Yeah. And I I know the objection to that is, well, everybody's supposed to take it together. I, I can't say that's wrong. Right. But if you've already taken it that day, you don't need to take it again. I haven't. Here's an opportunity for me to take it. I'm going to take it. And I like how you answered that question at the very beginning. I appreciate that. You said from my conscience. Yeah. So you, you couldn't appeal to a scripture and say, yes, you have to take it that night or you violated God's will. Yeah. Well, how? How have you violated if you actually couldn't be there? Because yeah. the same argument could be made. What if they didn't have a Sunday night service and you couldn't take it? Well, that's what I was saying. You like know. in those foreign mission fields, places, they don't have a Sunday night service. So yeah. if you miss that Sunday morning, you just missed it. Yeah. And that's exactly. the way it is. Yeah. And there's no sin, no violation right. of God's right. will. Right. We don't think that people are violating God's will when they're not able to be there. Right. Like it's Obviously. beyond their ability to be there. We don't think that. We don't think that about people yeah. that are, uh, you know, but what we already talked about what it can, what it has led to, you know, with people just kind of laying low or not making a hundred percent effort to be there that morning, but they can come that night and take it. But uh, let's just say on Sunday night, what is that? 
you know, on Sunday night, let me just express my, I'll express my view. When I'm, when I miss Sunday morning, I'm kind of the opposite. If I can't be there, I don't take it on Sunday night because my conscience, my conscience says, you know, well, this is to be done when we're all together in one place and we're all taking this. Mm -hmm. I feel weird when I'm just taking it by myself or one or two others and nobody else is. Right. I, I feel I don't feel like I'm communing, you know, with everybody else. So, so I, because I don't think it's required at a Sunday night service, mm-hmm. my conscience doesn't, you know. Well, on the other again, hand, yeah. So we have two different approaches to that. Yeah. But there again, we would both agree that there is no biblical precedent for yep. Sunday night service. Absolutely. So have I don't, we create have we created something traditionally, something that's been handed down? paradasis that is good and can be bad. Yeah. You, you kind of, yeah, because of this point, this topic we're talking about right now, because my conscience is one way and yours is another. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you that I, I can't tell you that Aaron, that's wrong. You should do it. Yeah. Because I just don't have biblical precedent to do that. Yep. When people ask me or I'm teaching through it, when I get to that part, I'll say, now, this is my understanding, my judgment on it, so that people know that I would I would never uh, say they're sinning or that, or that they're out of fellowship with God by taking the communion on Sunday night and they're the only one taking it. You know, yeah. I think well, it, I think it's weird and peculiar, but I don't I, there, we are still together. It is yeah. still the first day of the week. We are worshiping God. Yeah. And God knows that those one or two or five or ten people that couldn't sure. take it or wanting to take it that night, they're wanting to commune with the Lord and their brethren. You know, I, well, and I tell you this, you know, so when it when it is offered on Sunday nights, and there is somebody there at Washington Avenue that needs to take it, do you bow your head with those prayers and focus your mind? I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. even though I took it Sunday morning. But yeah. like here's a passage. So 1 Corinthians 11, 18. First of all, when you come together, the New King James says, as a church. And the, the Greek phrase literally is in the assembly. Mm-hmm. And so you have that precedence of precedent of in when the church is assembled together. And again, we've already gone over that, Acts 20, etc. We know when they did that. We know what they did when they did that. Yeah. And I still stand by. <laughs> there is no biblical model for a second Sunday, second worship service on a Sunday. Yeah. That falls under the realm of tradition, good tradition. Yeah. We both agree on that, but yeah. I do think it has aided. Yes. It has aided a, a mentality of, well, I can miss Sunday morning because I know they'll offer the Lord's supper on Sunday night and the worship becomes only about the Lord's supper. Yeah. What about good brethren? We've got just a couple minutes, but what about good brethren who, Again, I think this falls. This just falls into conscience. But let's take it to you know a concern of right and wrong. Sometimes brethren are under the impression that when they can't come to the assembly, they need a member to bring them the unleavened yeah. bread and fruit of the vine. Yeah, you know, I grew up that way in Ohio. Yeah, if somebody we we just went to their house, we had this little case. Yeah, and that's all we did. We did the Lord's supper, and they would give us a check. You know, like here's yeah. our con- and yeah. And the more my dad got involved in that as a deacon, he said, we're not, we can't do this anymore. We've got to, if we're going to do this, we need to do, we need to sing and we need to yeah. study. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me personally, if you can't be here, you can't be here. That's, that's and, what I, yeah. And we don't need to break up and, and a group go over here and take communion to this one house. And yeah, there's no biblical precedent for that. And I know what we're trying to do. We're trying to accommodate somebody who has a need. But, but the, yeah, there's no biblical precedent for that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm thinking is there's not a need in the sense of a necessity from God yes. for them to take the Lord's Supper but when they can't be because there. Because they cannot be in the assembly. They cannot be there. Corinthians 11, 18. Yeah. Now, what we need to do is follow the other instructions by God and go visit and see to their needs. And you know, while Absolutely. you're there, you can sing and pray with them and you can... Sure whatever you can have a sermon right there in their bedroom if they want you know you can you can you can have a you can have a monday worship service you know I, yeah 
Lord's Supper on Sunday. I understand that. But Monday, you can have a devotional, a worship service mm-hmm. devotional on a Monday at somebody's yeah. house, you know, periodically. But it would be very hard to do that just like every week for every person that missed and, yeah. and that kind of thing. We don't do that here, but it's a concern. I just wanted yeah. to mention it. Do you have any just kind of wrapped up, wrap, you know, wrapping up thoughts here, Barry? I, I really appreciate you being on here with me. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I Like I said, this is a personal Something that I've not struggled with is not the right way to say it, but something I've thought about a lot. Because, and I think it's because we have a superficial gauge of faithfulness, and yes. that is they're at the building every time the doors open. Yeah. And and again, if you take away from our dis- our hour long discussion here that we're saying, um, don't ever worry about Sunday night and Wednesday night, then you weren't paying any attention whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, there is great benefit to those things, and they are, are. fact of matter. They are man-made traditions, Sunday night and Wednesday night. We just have to acknowledge that That's and right. see it for what it is. But I am for Christians having more time together. I am too. And so <laughs> don't mistake what we're trying to say. We're just having a discussion here of different thoughts um, relative to things that I have faced, and I would say that that you yep. have too. And we need to come at it with a level head. Yeah. Um, reason from the Scriptures, absolutely. But you've got to have some common sense with that, too. Absolutely. And maybe sometimes we, in favor of one verse, like Hebrews 10, 25, we lose the common sense. Yeah. Yeah, if we acknowledge what Sunday night and Wednesday night are, good traditions that can have weaknesses, then we learn that it's okay to change them up sometimes. Yeah. If we, especially if elderships think that would be better. Mm-hmm. If they think it would be good one Sunday night a month, instead of having the regular service, we're going to go visit our unfaithful members, all the members that come up here. We get that in principle. Used to congregations would come, they'd not have service on Sunday night at their building, and they'd assemble with one or two or three other congregations and have a joint. We get that in principle. Yeah. But if we haven't done it in a long time or it's something we've never done, we're like, we're not comfortable. Yeah, we need to be so comfortable. That's not a good word. We need to be so knowledgeable in God's word, and it, and God's word comforts our hearts when we know we're doing what He tells us to do. Mm. That we know when a matter of judgment is a matter of judgment. Yeah, and we trust godly leaders, and we trust godly evangelists who are teaching these Bible principles, who are not trying to change for the sake of change. I hear that yeah. so often. Are you yeah. try- not from members here necessarily, but brethren? Th- if you say anything different than the way the tradition's been, oh, they're just changing it for the sake of change. No, if you hear me locally or abroad teaching on these principles, it's but so that we can learn the principles, we can learn how to reason, like you said, properly. It's well, not because I think Sunday night service is terrible and yeah. I'd rather watch football on Sunday night. No, I would not rather watch football on Sunday night. Yeah. I'd rather be at worship service. But since it is tradition, could we modify it? Could we turn it into a Bible study? Well, here's we, the question a, you know, a member posed, posited to me the other day. They said, okay, let's say you could, if it were up to you to change the model of your services. He said, would you have Sunday morning and Sunday night worship only? Or would you have Sunday morning worship and Wednesday night Bible class? And I said, I'd have Sunday morning worship and Wednesday night Bible class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, why not spread it out through the week? You've already yep. worshiped on the first day of the week. Yep. Let's have um, Thursday yeah. night. Yep. Tuesday night. Who cares? Yeah. Let's do something during the week. Yeah. How about, yeah. Or how about uh, for, for, not just for fun, but for consideration. How about Sunday morning Bible class, Sunday morning worship, no Sunday night, and we have a Tuesday night evangelism night and a Thursday night Bible study. And you know, I'm saying, oh no, 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 we don't want to do that because that you know it's different. Well, you and Aaron, you and I both know preachers that if they heard this, you and I would be liberal. Oh, I know. We're going liberal. I know. They're, they're changing the Church of Christ. Church of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It it's like we can't even ask these questions at times because we're afraid of being labeled, yeah, ultra conservative or or yeah. left wing yeah. liberal. You know, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. People don't yeah. even know what those words mean. No, no. We need to be focused on the Word of God. We need to know what God has legislated and where He has not, and where there's liberty, there's liberty, and that's where yes. 
eldership's rule. And and el- I, I'm convinced evangelists have responsibility to teach on scruples. Absolutely. And to help shape a congregation's scruples. But it's to easier not, to preach on yeah. Hebrews 10, 25, because it says don't miss church ever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. shallow, surface-level reading. Yep. And we can do better than that. We Absolutely. can. Absolutely. And there are brethren. We have to. And there are brethren who, who I truly believe they want that. They want that deeper study of the word, and they're willing to accept things change in areas where we could be more effective. Yep. You know, more effective in our work. Change is not always a bad thing. No, it's not. Because because it could be that something we're doing is not very effective. Mm. And, you know, we're boasting that we're assembling four hours a week for Bible class and worship, but we haven't assembled even one hour a week to evangelize together. Okay, spiritual gifts. You know, all of these things are done for the profit of all. Now, I know mm-hmm. we're not talking about spiritual gifts, but could we do things to where more people profit from what we're doing? Probably. Yes, yes. Outreach and even a Bible study. Yeah. Turning... You know, a lot of people are not even aware of Acts chapter 20, verse 7. You know, Paul had a dialogue with them. Yep. You know, but but our tradition, and so we are to the point where you can't even talk when you're in the quote-unquote auditorium. The only person that can talk is the preacher. Yeah. And then and that's when we get to all these different verses, you know, in the Bible that people take out of context. First Corinthians 14. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll hold off there in the episode oh, now. So, yeah. so that maybe we can do that one another time. Sure. Cause I want, I want our bread, I want my brethren to understand that verse and understand as well that men have their roles and women have their roles. And, and I, I would never deny that. God, yep. God, God set that up. Hey, man, I have enjoyed this discussion so much. And me I too. really appreciate you being on here with me, brother. Absolutely. I, um, Appreciate everyone that's uh, listened and stayed with us this whole entire time. This is the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm the host, Aaron Dodson. And if you're ever in North North Arkansas around Mammoth Spring, the uh, Church of Christ at Mammoth Spring uh, is there. And they're a good, godly group of people there. And uh, check them out. You can find all their info on social media and their website and other things. And uh, Barry does, uh, what, four-day-a-week? podcast as well i'm down i do monday through wednesday now monday through wednesday now you can find him barry odell on uh, social media the teachings that he does online they're real good and beneficial and so just thank you for listening if you enjoyed this do me a favor do us a favor share it find the way to share it if you don't know how to share this let me know send me a message i know sometimes technology i know some of us are not as good at technology than you know some of are better and some are worse and i'm not real good I'm getting a tad better, but if you don't know how to share it and you would like to share this on Facebook or other places, reach out, send me a message, let me know, because I'll help you find that way, because there are others who you may believe would benefit from this. I think they would. So we want to uphold God's word in everything that we do, and so don't leave, walk away uh, thinking anything otherwise. But thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time. And Lord willing, I'll have future guests to come. I have no definite schedule for that, but I do have some guys, other guys lined up to be on the Give Me Understanding podcast with me. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.